0: Welcome to our online Bible study. This week we're looking at 1st Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. Now the subject matter in this scripture does not always apply to everyone. But as we look through these verses we are going to give some options so that we can all apply these principles to our lives. The main theme of this scripture is submission between marriage partners this is very passionate subject for me I take submission to my husband very seriously Christ has ordained that the husband be the head of the home and that as he submits to Christ his wife should also submit to him let's turn over um, in our scripture to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 and look at verses 22 to 24 it says Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Headship is not a dictatorship but the loving exercise of divine authority under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. When I was single I would watch other married couples both saved and unsaved and saw quite a few things that I said I would never do when I got married. Now remember ladies we are constantly being watched and could be an example to those around us. The question is is what kind of example are we? Like we said last week, does our walk match our talk? And will people find Christ through our lives? Now for one thing I grew up in a family where the women were the head of the homes. If the woman of the family wasn't happy, nobody was happy. They were more of the thermostat they set the mood. And then second, i would go to women prayer meetings now these are supposed to be godly women praying getting together to address the needs and concerns of others as well as addressing their own needs and concerns praising and thanking God for answered prayers and many blessings that he had given them but instead I found that it became a time to tear their husbands down A time for them to complain and vent about all the little things that their husband did wrong. I really couldn't believe what I was hearing. So what if he doesn't put the cap on the toothpaste? Do we really all have to hear that? I learned, ladies, firsthand some great principles for having a successful marriage by seeing for my own eyes what was not working in the lives of these people nagging it doesn't get us anywhere but as we will see in the next few verses the character and conduct of the wife goes lot further than arguments such attitudes as submission understanding love kindness and patience are not manufactured They are the fruit of the Spirit that comes when we are submitted to Jesus Christ and to one another. Now just because we are Christians does not mean that we have a blissful marriage, right? There are Christian marriages that are falling apart every day. Marriages do take work. As Christian marriage partners, we need to be in the Word together. As well as having our own devotional times we need to be praying together for each other and for those that we are praying for and we need to have our own personal prayer time as it says in Scripture we are to constantly be praying and we should be seeking to encourage each other in the faith we don't need to be tearing each other down Now, this principle can go for all of us no matter what our marital status is we should all be seeking to encourage each other and building each other up rather than tearing each other down right now my husband is a great example of this I'll admit I have a wonderful husband and I have not experienced a husband who was unkind or did not show me respect. My husband has always sought to build me up, whether it be physically or spiritually. I am truly blessed to have such a wonderful husband, a God-fearing husband. Last week, Peter showed us how we are to be submissive to unkind masters. And now this week, he shows us That wives are to be submissive even to the unsaved husband let's turn in our Bibles to first Peter chapter 3 and let's look at verses 1 and 2 here it says wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chast conduct accompanied by fear. Again, Peter talks about our conduct, and that through our conduct, if we are living a godly life, walking the talk, then we could be a witness to the unsaved and win them to Jesus Christ. Ladies, not only as wives, can our conduct win our husbands to the Lord but our conduct can also win those who are watching us to the Lord so no matter what our spiritual status is we can win the loss to the Lord by how we live when we are walking the talk people will notice now we have been talking here about winning our unsaved husbands to the Lord by our conduct, but what about those of us who have saved husbands? Ladies, if we are really walking the talk, if our conduct is pure, we are also witnessing to our, un- to our saved husbands. It will strengthen their faith as well. It'll help them to grow spiritually as well when they see us. This is why it is so important to have a deep personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When our lives are right with the Lord, it reflects on those around us. Titus 2 three and 5, three through five are some of the verses that I especially love. Let's look over to Titus and look at those. It says, The older women, likewise, that they are reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. We are to live lives ladies that are examples to those around us just like we work not for our employer but for the lord we are to be obedient to our husbands so that the word of god may not be blasphemed or dishonored the problem is with some wives they just do not spend time in genuine study of god's word learning how they are to live they do not spend time in genuine prayer asking God to help them to live victorious lives over the temptations and trials in this life and they just simply do not discipline their lives nor control their tongues as the word of God demands ladies when you do not honor your husband you do not honor the Lord Simple as that. Ladies, this is so important. It is important to be in God's Word and not just reading it for head knowledge, but to put what we have learned to practice so that what we do honors God. In everything that we do, we should bring glory and honor to God. Let's look over to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is alive and it's powerful, and it does change lives. When we are living godly lives that are pleasing to the Lord, we have an what they call an inner beauty. Peter reminds us of this in verses 3 through 4. Let's look at that. It says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now this goes right along with what we have already talked about and that is living a life that is honorable to God. No matter how captivating or common our beauty, no matter how exquisite or simple our apparel, a Christian wife must always allow her inner faith and character to shine through. As we go through our daily life, we should draw attention to Christ and not to ourselves. Now it is not wrong to look nice or to wear nice clothes and jewelry. This is not what Peter is saying here. Weirsby brought out that the Roman women in that day were captivated by the latest fashions and competed with each other in dress and hairdos. They wore elaborate expensive garments, all for the purpose of impressing each other. Sounds like some women we know, right, today? Well, Peter is telling us as Christian women, as Christian wives, that we are not to make our outward beauty our main focus, that we should not draw attention to ourselves through outward appearances, but it is the inward beauty that will last and bring honor and glory to God. Peter talks about an inner beauty. To have a gentle and quiet spirit. Beauty should come from inside. The inner nature of personality, the attitudes, thoughts, and motivations that are revealed in words and actions. For believers, this inner self has been transformed by the Holy Spirit. Peter said, we are to be gentle. Now, gentle means showing humility, consideration of others, not insisting on our own rights, not being pushy or overly assertive. He also said we are to have a quiet spirit. Quiet refers to the same attitude as gentle, but also focusing on not causing dissension with inappropriate words or gossip to bring peace within the family and then notice the end of verse 4 it says which is very precious in the sight of God this adornment of the spirit is of great worth in God's sight while the world prizes costly clothing and gold jewelry a woman with a gentle and quiet spirit is precious to God Isn't that wonderful? A Christian woman or wife should not think of outer attire as a source of genuine beauty. Now there is a strong reason why Christian women should focus upon adorning their hearts with a gentle and quiet spirit. And it was exactly what the holy women of history did, including Sarah, who is the spiritual mother of every Christian woman let's look at verses 5 through 6 it says for in this manner in former times the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves being submissive to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham calling him Lord whose daughters you are if you do go and are not afraid of any terror Peter stressed that he was not introducing a new idea but rather was restating a precept established from the earliest foundations of Jewish history in no sense are these to be understood as guidelines or expectations regarding the manner of clothing or jewelry that a woman should wear fashion here is irrelevant it is feeding the only criterion that transcends time is that a woman who trusts in God expresses her beauty through her submissiveness to the authority of her husband. Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 12 say, Who can find a wife with a strong character? She is worth far more than jewels. Her husband trusts her with all her heart. And he does not lack anything good she helps him and never harms him all the days of her life Peter provided an example of a woman who fulfilled all of God's criteria and was loved greatly by her husband Sarah was considered the mother of God's people as Abraham was the father right according to God's covenant promises, as we see in Genesis twelve one through three. But not only was Sarah an example to be followed because of her faithfulness to God and to her husband, but she was also because she was the mother of all believers under the old covenant and then the mother of the Jewish nation under the new covenant, the mother of all who believe. Sarah called Abraham Lord communicating that she recognized her husband's God-given position in her life. This was a term of respect. Like other holy women of the past, Sarah put her hope in God. This kind of conduct gives women the spiritual heritage of Sarah. Then notice the verse says that we are Sarah's daughters. To be Sarah's daughter was to be an heir of God's promises given to her and Abraham. All Jews drew their basic identity from being children of Abraham. So to be a daughter of Sarah also would be held in high regard. Now one of the greatest examples of a godly wife and mother in church history is Monica. The mother of the famous st. Augustine God used Monica's witness and prayers to win both her son and her husband to Christ though her husband was not converted until shortly before his death he had accepted the Lord ladies obedience to the Lord honors God as well as our husband as Christian wives, our hope is in God. It is through our relationship with God that makes us the godly women that we were meant to be. Now Peter doesn't end this section here. He goes on to give the husband's instructions also. Let's look at verse seven. It says husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife and As to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Notice here that Wearsby brings out and breaks this verse down into four areas of responsibility that the husband has to the wife. Notice there's the physical, dwell with them, and then there's the intellectual. The part that says with understanding there's emotional giving honor to the wife and then there's the spiritual that your prayers may not be hindered now I'd like to go through each one of these and break it down first is physical dwell with them now husbands are to dwell with their wives now he should not be out pursuing his own personal interests and hobbies But he should be close to his wife building a life together as a team. I know I cherish the times with my husband, the times that we have together. My husband and I are best friends, and it is so special as we grow together to be able to share our lives. So many couples today seem to spend so much time apart doing their own things that it is no wonder that when they reach retirement years they are total strangers. Warren Weir'sby brought out that there was a survey taken and that the average husband and wife had 37 minutes a week together in actual communication that's 37 minutes that's shorter than this class ladies that's terrible Think about all that they are missing. I had to reread that because I couldn't believe that it was 37 minutes in a week. Dwelling also implies more than just sharing the same address. They are to physically be with only their wives and no one else. As it says in Ephesians 5, 31 it says for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh the second responsibility that the husband has is intellectual when it says in the verse with understanding a Christian husband needs to dwell with his wife in understanding he is to know his wife know her moods her feelings her needs her fears and hopes he needs to listen with his heart and share meaningful communication with her the more we spend time together and the more we communicate with each other the more we will know about each other now this is addressed to the husbands but ladies we also need to be in tune to our husband's moods his feelings his needs his fears and his hopes communication is a two-way streak when we are afraid to be open and honest about a matter then we begin to build walls and bridges ladies we don't want to build walls in our marriages we need to have that open communication the third responsibility is emotional giving honor to the wife a Christian husband is to honor his wife now the word honor here means to value to esteem to prize to count as precious I know my husband he calls me his gift of God and I just think that is the most precious thing husbands are to honor their wives by loving and tenderly taking care of them they are to look after and care for them with warmth and tenderness treating them as the most precious of spirits and esteeming them ever so highly now when I talk about the husband treating his wife with tender loving care I don't mean this way I don't mean where the husband says you should have Breakfast in bed on your birthday as he's rolling the bed up to the stove and asking her, can you reach the stove okay? Ladies, this is not the type of care that we're talking about. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to her. Scripture says he is to honor her as the weaker vessel the word vessel here was also used of paul who is called a chosen vessel in acts chapter 9 verse 15 a chosen instrument of god the husband is to dwell with his wife remembering that she is an instrument of god as well as the husband a child of god to be used by him to his glory the husband has to keep in mind that she is the weaker instrument of the two now not morally or intellectually but physically this attitude towards the wife on the part of the husband therefore includes loving consideration of the wife in view of the fact that she is not physically as strong as he is the scripture goes on to say that the husband should pay due honor to the wife because she is a joint heir together with him of the grace of life, eternal life, the gift of God. In God's eyes, men and women are joint or equal heirs. Husbands are not to be a tyrant. They are not to be dominating or enslave their wives to serve them, and they meet their needs and wants. They are to be understanding, loving, gentle and considerate he is to honor her as a fellow heir of life of the wonderful grace and gift of life that God has given us all ladies the husband is the head of the home and we should not take advantage of this we are to respect and honor him and respect his decision in the home we need to also be understanding and make sure that we are not causing strife within the home. The fourth responsibility was spiritual, that your prayers may not be hindered. This is so vital to understand. The scripture says here that the husband's prayers will be hindered if he does not honor his wife. Now the word hinder in the Greek text means literally to cut in, to interrupt. Oh, Ladies, this is serious. Prayers can be hindered, cut in, interrupted. We need to also make sure that we are not causing the dissension in the household that causes our husband not to honor us. I have actually heard women say that they know just what button to push to make their husband upset. Ladies, we need to be honoring our husband and being that helpmate that helps him to be the best godly husband he can be. When we join together with our mates to live according to his will, when we study the word of God together, pray together, openly honor each other, and build each other up, we will have happy homes. Has a Christian husband and wife, we are heirs together. If we are as wives submit to our husbands and our husbands submit to us and together we are submitting to Jesus Christ and following His example, then we will have an enriching experience together. We will grow together instead of apart. No matter what your marital status is, there is always something that we can learn in Scripture, even if it seems to be dealing with marriage. We as children of God need to submit to Jesus Christ. We need to live a life that is pleasing to Him. Do we lift people up or are we tearing them down? Do we show compassion and understanding to those around us? Are we sensitive to each other's feelings? Remember, no one is better than anyone else. We are all heirs of Jesus Christ. We need to be praying for those around us. Be in the Word daily. Build up one another instead of looking out for number one. Show respect to those around you that God will be glorified. We need to take inventory of our life and ask God to reveal to us where we can improve, and we can all improve. Not one of us is perfect. Both husband and wife must love one another and live as God says to live, both fulfilling their duties to one another. Submission does not weaken or diminish the believer's strength. In fact, the opposite is true. The more submissive one is to the Lord God and his ordained order, the more strength God provides for the task and adversities that we are ready to face. True power and strength is found in an obedient life that yields to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Ladies, next week we're going to be continuing on here and looking at verses 8 through 17 as we continue in chapter 3. Until then, God bless.